trouble. No. I'm just going to let it roll. All right. We'll get the guitar out at the end. Yeah. All right. There is a story behind the cow thing. Okay. We're going we're gonna to talk about that in a <laughs> okay. minute. All right. So we ready? Hopefully the dog won't make a big uh, stink, but anyway. All right, folks. Welcome. It's uh, episode number six here on uh, ordinary people doing ordinary, uh, extraordinary things. So uh, I'm Bob Turner. I'm sitting here with Officer Ernie McVeigh from the Wyndham Police Department. So... Um, Everybody be on your best behavior. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, I've got, a, I've got about a half page intro here, but I'm going to try not to screw it up. Um, Ernie's a, a native of South Portland. He's been with the department since 1999, right here in Wyndham. He's got a degree in fire science investigation from the Southern Maine Technical College. He's been an emergency medical technician since 94, and a paramedic since 96. You're old. I am old. I feel old. <laughs> he's, a, he's a graduate of the federal training program for tactical paramedics. He's a certified instructor for the Maine Criminal Justice Academy for medical emergency training and a graduate of the federal DEA Basic Narcotics Investigative School. So I forgot about that. Yeah. Well, hang on. There's more. <clears throat> he was previously assigned as a task force agent for the Federal Drug Enforcement Agency, a DEA, in the United States Department of Justice. His primary responsibilities were conducting state and federal drug investigations throughout Maine and New England. Dude, how do you, would you have any spare time? So <laughs> <laughs> It's at a premium. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, thanks. Uh, oh, thanks we, for having me. We've got a mutual friend, and, and I'm starting, now that we've done a few of these, um, people are reaching out and saying, hey, you should have so-and-so on. So I got one of those messages this week and uh, just called up Ernie out of the blue and said, hey, you're, you know, you're coming over. And uh, we're going to do a podcast. He's like, who, me? I said, yeah, you. <laughs> so you're doing some good stuff. So um, take, take a minute. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I did check on that warrant for you. Yeah, thank it's you. All cleared <laughs> up. <laughs> I, I, I promised some people I would keep my Dukes of Hazzard uh, Roscoe P. Coltrane stuff <laughs> to a minimum tonight. No, so that it's, you're bringing me back in time already because that, um, that little interview production was written by a really good friend of mine. I didn't write that myself. Really? Uh, Ron Ramsdale was a longtime sergeant oh, yeah. here at the Wyndham Police Department. Great guy. Retired several years ago, and he was one of our pioneers to first sort of put together a web page for yep. the police department. And I remember having to sit down and he's like, you know, write a few lines about yourself. I'm like, a few? I'm <laughs> yeah. like, but he's a great guy, and he still stays in touch. And uh, one of the one of the I'll say one of the originals, but one of the one of the original yeah. members, and he was a real That's mentor to me. He's a real good guy. I'm glad this survived. I didn't yeah. even know that still existed. Yeah, I got on. It. I like to do a little. I like to do a little uh, homework. I'm not going to ask what else you found. <laughs> Where did we get to page two? <laughs> so, like, how'd you get in public safety? Uh, you know, what was your career path? You've been at it a long time. You've done a lot of things. I have. I had a pretty good idea uh, growing up what I wanted to do. Uh, I lived with my mom and dad, my sister and brother, in, in South Portland. Um, and my grandfather was a, a firefighter at the local you know, volunteer yeah. fire department in South Portland. And um, I uh, got involved with the South Portland Fire Department on a, on a ladder company in Willard Square. Um, that's over by Willard Beach in 1990, I think. I think I was 16 and my parents had to sign off. And, oh, yeah. And, uh, and back then they would outfit you with this giant radio box <laughs> yeah. that you'd carry around on your belt. Strap if you ever fell in the water, you drowned. <laughs> and... Uh, and I, it was, you know, I look back at it now, look back at it now, and I have to laugh because, you know, I just get my driver's license. I was 15 at the time, yep. and they strapped me with this radio box and tell me to drive like hell the fires. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so that's how I got my start. And, and the fire service, um, it segued. It opened a lot of doors for yeah. me. Um, uh, a lot of doors I took. Some doors I didn't. I wish I did. 
But um, it, it, I've had a great career, man. I can't. I, I could complain, but not that much. Yeah. Well, <laughs> nobody's listening, right? Right. We uh, <laughs> at least twelve of them are. <laughs> right. I think we're up to thirteen. That's awesome. So um, yeah, hey, subscribe on YouTube. Um, anyway, uh, we talked a little bit before we sat down. Yeah. You were talking about how you know being a paramedic has kind of you know helped you improve the quality of service that you can provide. You know, even as a as a police officer. So talk about that for a minute. Yeah. So medicine is really pre-hospital medicine is really <clears throat> where my education is. That's my foundation. <clears throat> I started my full-time career as a paramedic um, in Old Orchard Beach when I was around 20 years old. Yeah. And at the time, that was really young to be a paramedic. And right. I was a pretty motivated guy. I had lots of hair. <laughs> I was working <laughs> I at the, a beach. That's where I'm I met. I met our mutual friend. <laughs> yep. And. Um, and then my whole, I did really well, uh, I mean, I did okay, um, and then Columbine happened, and there was a, a lot of students and a lot of um, faculty died in a, in a school shooting waiting to be brought out to medicine, yeah. and there was sort of a whole shift after that on the delivery of medicine to the sick and injured inside a, a hostel or a, what we refer to as a hot zone, a danger zone. And they said, well, you know, these people could have survived if we inserted medicine to them. Right. So they picked up this model and of course all kinds of federal money came out and I uh, applied for a class and was accepted with a, like I think a couple other guys from the state of Maine. Mm -hmm. And um, I went to Contom school and that's sort of the benchmark for paramedics that work on SWAT teams. And at the time, I was still a, a full-time paramedic in Old Orchard Beach. Um, no Old Orchard Beach stories. <laughs> and, uh, and I had become a reserve that one of my mentors early in my career, uh, Timothy DeLuca. Yep. And he was a Wyndham guy. Yeah, and I went to high school with his brother, John. Yeah, great guy, yeah. great family. They yep. still live down here yep. in Wyndham, check on them, everything else. Yep. Um, he got me, got my feet wet in law enforcement in Old Orchard Beach. Yep. And then, but once I got out of con toms and I had those skills... I think I got hired, I got hired, offered a full-time job in Wyndham, I think like on a Wednesday, and then I got hired on a Thursday for Westbrook, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I picked Wyndham, yeah. and I'm glad I did. I was recruited by a guy named, uh, well, he become one of my sergeants, Dave Bono, he's retired yep. now, super guy, and uh, Dave Thomas, yep. um, and those guys were both martial arts instructors, and that's how I, that's how I kind of got my job here. I, I uh, met them at a training class and um, and uh, gave them a lesson. Oh, I was gonna say, <laughs> it would have been smart if you just let them beat you up a little bit. Well, you know? they hired me, so I could <laughs> um, go against the instructor. And that's how I ended up in Wyndham. Yep. And um, cool. it's been great ever since. Well, you've been at it a long time. Like, um, talk to me about like work-life balance and and how you know there's a lot going on. It's not the most popular time in the world to be a police officer. Um, no, so it's how, how is it different today and how do you balance all that stuff with, with just being being civilian at times? You know, hey Bob. You want to make an appearance? Come on up here. Yeah, he's coming up. Oh, hey bud, I got you a cookie. Hold Talk's on. making an appearance. Cookie. <laughs> he just wants to come up. Yeah. Um, he's a good judge of character. Um, so work-life balance, yeah. So I have a dog. Yeah, clearly. Um, but I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm going to speak the truth to you. You never really leave it at yeah, work. Right. Um, you know, you have calls during the day that are, are, are a really big deal. And it's hard to check that at the door when you go home. You know, I, I sometimes have calls with folks that are having a tough day 
And, uh, you know, I, I go home at night and wonder, are they going to survive their night? Right. And, and then, you, you know, the first thing you do when you come in in the morning is check your incidents to see, you know, how this family yeah. did. Yeah. Um, so that's tough. You don't hang that in your locker and head out the door? No, I can't. Yeah. Um, some do it better than others. You know, when you talk about disconnect for me, I like to go to the gym. Obviously not now, but um, I'm on and off with that. I like to play music. I play in a band. Um, I know. You didn't, get, you didn't get by my guitar over there. <laughs> I might have to seize that. <laughs> um, but, but no, it, uh, but being able to play in a band with, with folks that are, have nothing to do with law enforcement or nothing to do with public safety has been a real, um, <clears throat> a real help therapeutic for me because it gives me a chance to just disconnect, be cool. We talked about that. I wail on the guitar a little bit myself. Not very good, but it's hard to think about something else while you're doing it. So it's yeah. a nice, nice little escape. It is. Uh, and, it is. Know. What, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot going on out there. What, if you had any specific incidents of, of you know, somebody hating on you because you're, you're, you're wearing the blue? I don't think, yeah, well, see, now you just hit the nail right on the head. So I don't think people particularly hate us as a as as a person. I mean, yeah. obviously there's people out there that hate me, but there's more people that love me. Um, I get a lot of love from my community. Yep. We all do. Um, I'm pretty popular on social media. You put I, yourself out there. I do. And, and that's good. It's good for my community because it gives them access to me. Right. Um, you know, I, uh, I, I go to church in the morning when I can. My supervisor's been great. I've been doing it for 22 years. Yeah. And, you know, the, the folks get to see me and talk to me and I get to visit with them. Right. And it, um, you know, one of the greatest compliments you can get as a law enforcement officer is when a citizen calls and asks for you specifically to help them with their problem. And I got to tell you, that happens to me three or four times a day sometimes. No kidding. Uh, so much that my supervisor, one of my other supervisors, a great guy, um, says, look, stop giving, don't, people aren't allowed to call and ask for him. <laughs> and he did it to be helpful. Yeah. But, uh, you know, just today someone was hitting me up. Hey, can you call me? I got this real problem. I'm like, well, you really need to, you know, call the department. Right. This. But I can tell you right now, and this is, this is reality, this, a lot of times I'll be sitting at home watching TV, playing with my dog, and my phone will ring, or I'll get a, a beep on Messenger, and it'll be someone with a gun in their mouth. Wow. And uh, they want to talk. And That's so heavy stuff. it is heavy stuff. And it puts my loved ones in a position where I'm like, go get the other phone because yeah. I got to get a call into 911 because I got to get these people to definitive care or at right. least an intermediate care to interrupt, you know, what's, what's happening. Going on? Yeah. And, and it's tough because, you know, I could be in the middle of MASH <laughs> 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 and, and my phone's ringing and. Um, you still you know, watching MASH? It's the, are you kidding me? <laughs> I accepted this kid because I thought you were cool. <laughs> um, he took uh, the bone. So, I mean, you got some stuff coming at you. And yeah. a lot of people just, you know, there's a lot heaped on you at times. Yeah. Like, what kind of coping mechanisms do you have or outlets do you have? I mean, besides playing the guitar or whatever. But that's, how do you flush that out? I feel like I should be laying on a couch. Right. <laughs> I should be wearing some glasses. <laughs> You better wave the copay right. on this. <laughs> but I mean, you got to show back up the next day, right? I mean, yeah, you got to put tough. the stuff back on and, and get out there and, you know. You know, traditionally, it's been my experience that um, my counselors are my teammates, my, my family. Uh, you know, my I work in a very strong, I'm not going to cry. <laughs> I, work in a, I work in a strong department where we, 
we really look at each other closely. Yeah. Um, and our administration has taken many steps actively currently as yeah. we speak to make sure we're healthy and to make sure we're protected and that we have avenues to um, talk to someone if we get into trouble. I was just reading the meeting notes from the last supervisor's meeting where they are already looking to employ a counselor full-time, well, I say full-time, but it sh shared full-time with another agency that, that we'll have access to. And that's right. great. But I'm going to tell you right now, <clears throat> cops, firemen, we talk to each other. Yeah. You know, yeah. we come in and, and they know who's walking through the door. Whoa. You pick up on it immediately. Yeah. Um, and you know, and some days are better than others. Um, Probably going to pick up on it just on somebody's body language. The, the, I eat, sleep, and breathe with these people. Yeah. They, these are my brothers and sisters. Yeah. And, you know, people, you know, family goes beyond blood. Oh, yeah. I mean, these people know me better than anybody. Right. And, you know, there's, there's times where I come in and I just can't do anything. And yeah. my, my, my partners and my supervisors know that and they just pick up the slack. Right. And then next week I do it for them. Yeah. You're just um, exhausted. But yeah, music has been really healthy for me. I'm lucky to still have my parents. My yeah. mom and dad live across the street. Yeah. Um, I have a really supportive girlfriend at yeah. home. Um, yeah, because it can't be any picnic at times to be the, the spouse of a cop or fireman. It's tough because they want to understand yeah. and they want to help you. But sometimes you just, I just need that, that space. Yeah. Um, I have a 16-year-old son. That's just the light of my life, and uh, he lives with his mom. But his mom and I are yeah co-parenting. Oh yep. yeah, man, we we killed it. We knocked it out of the park. I mean, our, our son is Tyler. He's the best. He's an ace. He's honor roll student. Where does he go to school? Uh, Thornton Academy. Thornton. Yeah. You know, I couldn't. You know, she's just a great mom. Yeah. She's a good friend. It isn't yep. always. Peaches and cream, but it doesn't have to be ugly, right? <laughs> but there's nothing we don't keep anything from each other, yeah. and I think that gave my son a lot of confidence because I'll be honest with you, a lot of calls for service here in town are helping families manage their day, mm -hmm. and you know you try to, you know, you can open doors, you can't make them walk through them. So this is true. You can lead a horse to water, can't make them drink, right? Right, right. <clears throat> she had a little brush with fame, from what I understand. Yeah, oh. Which time? <laughs> the one I know about is the one who do chasing cows yeah, down the road. Those things. Have... That was. A... <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna work that video into into the uh, the video yeah, podcast. Yeah, I, I was curious about that. <laughs> Why'd you get the video of me playing eruption or something? <laughs> Maybe you can find that too. We got a possible mad cow situation here. We're gonna handle this. We're gonna handle this. All right, you guys. You need you to step over the side of the road, put your hands up in the air. Don't run from me, I'm the police. Hey, get back here, watch out for the mailbox. All right, down on the ground. Get down on the ground. Stop resisting. Well, that's booze, leave it alone. It's not good for you. That's booze. Pinnacle vodka. All right, guys. Yeah, yeah, head in there. Keep moving. Wyndham 20 County, they're fleeing on me. <laughs> but the story behind the video of the cows was, it was a, I was like a hundred degree day yeah. sometime in a few years past. And my son was little and my son is, you know, our children right now have exposure to the world at their fingertips, nothing like we mm. had. I mean, we used to watch Dan Rather. You probably saw Walter Cronkite. TV? You're pretty old. I'm, 
TV went off at midnight, remember? They played the national anthem. I remember TV that. TV went off at midnight. That was that. the end of it. And then you had the, the, the bars in the morning. Right, right. You just sit there and stare at the screen until it. Remember the little white dot that on. would like grow yeah. into a picture? <laughs> yeah, so, but, but our children have access to, they see everything yep. at, the, at the tips of their fingers. And uh, I think it was like five or six, maybe four or five Texas cops had been ambushed and shot and killed. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, you know, our kids hear that. So, you know, naturally at the time my son was younger, he worries about his dad. And I've been, I've been pretty good, and his mom too, especially his mother, has been pretty good about keeping him from that. But Insulated. he's 16 now. Yeah, they can so find out I, whatever they want. So when I made that video, phone. the intent was, no, daddy's going to do something funny. I'm going to chase some, cop, some cows down the street, right. and I'm going to send it to Tyler. <clears throat> and, and he's going to say, oh, this is what dad really does at work. Yeah. Well, I showed it to my sergeant, the one I told you about, Dave Bono. Yeah. And Dave said, well, we're going to put it on our Facebook page. Yeah. And then that was it. Blew up. Millions and millions of views. <laughs> I was on, what's that That show that, I don't know. They always, Inside Edition. Yeah. <laughs> they called me up. I'm like, are you going to fly me out? They're like, no. <laughs> we just want the story, right? But it was funny. And, yeah. and, it, and it gave a lot of... Uh, we got a lot of positive vibes yeah. back at the PD. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I was getting job offices from Dutton Ranch out in Yellowstone. But... Perfect. 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 Probably the, what's it pay, right? What <laughs> but it would have been funny if I actually caught him. Yeah, no kidding, right? Well, if you're if you're from Wyndham, if you haven't chased a couple of cows, you haven't lived, right? Right. So, what I, I mean, you've probably seen some really funny stuff. I have. Yeah. Mostly at the fire station. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. Down at, the at the police safety. station, yeah. yeah. So, one of the funniest stories. Well, I don't know. You might have to edit this one out. <laughs> one of the funny stories. And it was nothing malicious. It was just cops being funny. Was we used to have a a, a guy that worked for us. He's he's retired now, who uh, like to enjoy a donut even yeah. if they weren't his. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I wasn't gonna say anything about donuts either. He I wasn't would even bring he it would up. come in and, and and if you had your lunch out. It was fair game to him. So he had, he had done something to me. I can't remember what he did. He, we were pranking me. Yeah. So I took his donut and I squished all the jelly out of it, yeah. right? And I hooked it up to the soap dispenser and filled it up with soap. <laughs> and he ate that donut. He was so pissed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that kind of stuff's endless in, oh, in the police and yeah. fire, I'm sure. Oh, the, the, you know? That's the kind of stuff that, uh, you know, keeps it light and... And you got to. You got to have really those lighter moments. Um, yeah. Out on, out on the road. Uh, you know, I used, to, I used to. I still do sometimes, but run and bike a lot. And I, I've noticed, you know, everybody's, you know, yeah. in this. And a lot of them are, are smoking dope at the same time. You know, you yep. go by, somebody will go by you and you're like, whew. Yeah. You know, and I, and I never, that never happened to me before it was legalized. Yeah. You know, and, but now you get the, somebody's, you know, I'm running down the road, somebody comes at you and then you get that late turn. Like that, and uh, yeah. you know that I'm like, you don't see me, you don't see me, yeah, going like this. But if you, is, is it, is it on the rise or on the decline? The texting, uh, okay. it's horrible. Yeah, um, and um, it's nothing from even in a marked unit to pull up to someone in traffic, and yeah, and this is the other thing they do. They do this stuff and try to hold We've it down all there. Done it. Yeah. So I just over the summer had a guy got clipped at the rotary. You know, it wasn't um, a distracted driving, but it plays into to the, you know, how dangerous it is yeah. out there. And, and as far as the impaired driving, I mean, that is, it's always been a problem. 
But what people don't see from a law enforcement standpoint is the amount of man hours or woman hours, officer hours that go into an OUI. If, if you have an impaired driver, let's say you have an impaired driver on marijuana, like you just referenced, yeah. okay? That's a little bit different than by, by way of how we proceed with them than alcohol because they have to be assessed a different way. Um, and it, it can t by the time you do a roadside assessment, get the car towed, get the person arrested, keep, get them to jail. Keep on knocking, but you can't and, come in. Right, right. <laughs> Breaking the law. Maybe we'll play that one. Right. Um, and, get, and get back and actually sit down to do your report. Right. That officers can be out of service sometimes for several hours. It's your whole shift. You know, right. Well, and then with manpower, with our minimum staffing is at three officers. You can take an officer off the road for two or three hours. That leaves two officers to handle calls for the whole city, or the whole town. And Wyndham is not a quiet town anymore. No, I, is I don't 20,000 people? I think so. 18 to 20, I yeah. think, something like that. But it's always something going on. Yeah, and I've noticed you asked about law enforcement 10 years ago as compared to today. And you said, well, what's the difference? The difference is families are requiring a lot more service than they did 10 years ago. Yeah. And, you know, I joke about it, but I don't joke about it. It says 90% of my job as a police officer is social work. Counsel. It really yeah. is social work. <clears throat> is that ticked up during COVID? Oh, yeah. Big time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People. Well, yeah, there's a lot of stress and anxiety out there. Uh, people are have limited access to services that they need. Yeah. Uh, if, you know, so you know when people don't know, they speculate. Right. And when people speculate, it's human nature to speculate worst case scenario. So it's very easy to sit in your home and become your own worst enemy. Right. And you know who knows who who do you believe? You know, most of the people out there that are reporting on stuff get their education from Facebook memes. Right. <laughs> but one person has a has a, an exponential voice with social Just media. Goes, so, yeah. and you know, I, I don't agree with everything I hear, and I'm I'm gonna stay apolitical. Yeah. And um, but it's tough to weed through what's yeah what's really happening, and you know, and and people that don't put enough thought, and they can really wind themselves up. Yeah. So. What's the toughest time of year to do what you do? Is there a, a time of the year where it's like Jay said? Well, if the Patriots know. are in the Super Bowl and I'm working, that's a tough time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't have to worry about that this year. Yeah, so holidays are tough. Yeah. Um, you know, that, uh, you know, people suffer, people struggle, and people uh, have to work. Right now, they have to work three times as hard for what they got. Yeah. You know, gas is through the roof, and, and people are just having a tough time. Yeah. That's part of the reason we started doing this, you know, just yeah. because uh, just to throw some positivity out there and, you know, um, it just it seems like just so much negativity and uh, I just figured people just need a little bit of a boost. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do, what do you, th I mean, you've been in this town for <clears throat> a long time. What, what do you see as the future of this town? Uh, and, you know, you go by, you go by the skate park, there's kids there. I love as it. I went by there the other day when it was that warm, uh, the Fall, spring, They're playing day, ball, playing basketball. That was me when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, what are you seeing? I mean, I, you know, it seems like a good group coming up, and we, you know, there seems like a little bit of a change in the guard in this town, where some of the older folks are, you know, obviously um, passing away, and and you know, it's an old farm town, and and you know, there's a lot of newer people in town. What are you What are you seeing? So I, I see it happening to me right now. Yeah. So I'm 48 years old. I got a few years left here. Yeah. Um, I've had some, I've had the opportunity to have some really unique experiences here at the police department that a lot of officers 
haven't had yeah. or won't have or haven't had yet. It's my job to pass that on because right. I'm not going to do this job forever. I'm going to tell you right now, when, it, when I can go, I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> I don't blame <laughs> I'm gonna you. I'm going to go catch sharks with my brother. Yeah. Um, but um, I see that with other like community members stepping up. Yep. You brought up a name the other day, Pat Modi. Yeah. Greatest guy on the planet. His oh, yeah. wife, a, a rock star. And, you know, he had a lot to do with getting those basketball we courts. And Pat, you're going to be on the podcast. just so you Yeah. Know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I went out and bought a basketball. Yeah. You know, in the back of my cruiser, I have an extra bulletproof vest, a few breaching tools, a shield, and a basketball. And right. my basketball is my most important tool because <laughs> right. it gets me out there playing ball with those kids. Yeah. And you never know when that card's going to cash in. Right. You know, I could be at a horrible situation. I can have a kid come up to me. Hey, man, you remember me? I played ball with you the other day. I'm like, yeah, what's happening? Well, you know, geez, my mom's in a tough spot right now. Yeah. What can you do to help me? And that connection is there. And that was the difference huge. between that kid maybe talking to you and maybe not. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's like, yeah, this guy's all right. Well, we used to have that when we were kids. I grew up in the village in South Portland. And, and we had the Boys Club of America. That's right. where I grew up. Oh, yeah. And we used to have the officers, they used to walk the beat and, you know, they'd stop and talk to us. Yeah. And, and I remember that that disappeared for a while. Right. But uh, not in Wyndham. We have a, I, you know, I hear about all these police departments I, and officers are jumping ship and going other places. Not here. I mean, we've lost, I think we've lost one to another department. But, you know, those, those aren't mutually exclusive dynamics. Right. But I got to tell you, the office, the, we have a good core group of officers, and uh, we have, a, we have a, a strong police chief that cares about us. How many are there? I think there's 30 of us. Wow. And we're down a couple. Yeah. But I'll tell you what we have in Wyndham that you just don't see. At least I don't see it. Our citizens love us. Yeah. They love us. Right. They, I get blown up on my Facebook. Yeah. I get calls. It's nothing to come into the station and just see on like a mound of, of food. I like lobster rolls, mayonnaise. <laughs> Go lighter on the sugar. <laughs> but um, and, but the these people love us. And, yeah. you know, I've had people reach out to me because, you know, my Facebook is open. And, and it, like I said, and, and I'll have a tough call and no one will know about it. It won't be on the news. And I'll get messages from, from people in right. town. Hey, I heard you on the radio. It sounded like you had a hard day. Are you okay? Wow. And I'm like... Whoa. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean. Well, speaking of, speaking of our youth, what would you tell a young person that was considering law enforcement as a career? Um, <laughs> do well in school. Yeah. And, and, and what are some of the biggest, uh, be a kid and, 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 and live your life and have fun. But don't do anything that's going to prevent, don't do something now that's going to prevent you from doing what you want to do in the future. You know, it was one, a, one stupid mistake as a 16 year old can, can last screw forever. you up from, you yeah. know, once one social media post of you doing something foolish can come back 20 years later to haunt you. And there are professional diggers out there that will dig through your background, you know, go out, have fun, uh, you don't need to drink and drive. You don't need to drink or smoke weed at all, I don't think. Um, it's amazing. Some people can't get through the day without that. It's tough. You know, and, and, it really you know, everybody's is. dealing with something, but it, it seems a lot more prevalent than it used to be. Yeah, and there's a lot of dangers with that kind of substance in the developing brain. And, there, you know, there's a reason why the drinking age is 21. It's just not an arbitrary number. Right. You know, the, the, the brain usually... 
comes to maturity around 20, 21, 22 years old. And, you know, during that time, the brain is learning how to learn. So if you're introducing substances like alcohol, marijuana, or other, you know, drugs, your brain is altering the way it it learns, and it's developing different pathways and everything else. And then you're behind the eight ball. Stay healthy. Yeah. You know, that's what I did. Get involved. I mean, you were involved in the... the, uh... The fire department as a as a teenager. Yeah, I played sports and I wasn't I wasn't I mean I was it was different when we grew up, you know. You know, the, the, the ball the basketball courts at the boys' club were sometimes a boxing ring. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know, that yeah. that's stuff we need to get away from. Um and and I I think kids these days they have more access to resources, you know. Now you can cut and paste your reports. We didn't have that. No, man, I did that a lot better. <laughs> but, but there's just so much information. It's like my son today, he, he, he sends like, Dad, I need you to look at this. He's putting in for some sort of student leadership yeah. training, right? And for the Rotary or something. He had to write an essay about some of his leadership things that he's done. And he's on the premises of becoming a Boy Scout. And he's done a lot of... Yeah. Uh, uh, Boy Eagle Scout. Scout. Eagle Scout. Nice. And he, so he, he's right there. And he sends me this report, and I'm reading it, and I'm like, this guy's writing better some of the reports I'm reading at the station. <laughs> I mean, and he's 16 years old. Yeah. And they're just smiling. Now he, yeah. there's, like, I can help him with biology because that's where my, my education right. someone is with medicine. Don't ask me to help him with math. Right. No way. <laughs> you know, uh, chem, I can keep up a little bit. Yeah. But th- he's, he surpassed his dad. Well, that's good. Is he going into law enforcement? Not if I. I don't know. He may. He um, he really likes the outdoors, and I think conservation law enforcement is something okay. he's looking Maybe at. Game warden, or yeah, like that. Yeah, I'd like to. You know, I. He's gonna watch this, so yeah. I just want him to be happy. And let him do his thing. Let us know that his dad well, supports him. <laughs> to that end, uh, you know, you you're coming. You're, you're probably in, in your twilight years of your career. Yeah. Is there anything you'd have done differently? I mean, are you just like perfectly happy with the way it all worked out? Interesting. So some of the things that I would have done differently are probably not the answers you're looking for. I would have invested more in my retirement. Yep. And what I mean by that is, you know, an, er- an early IRA, uh, an early deferred comp. And so, you know, I'm in a pension plan right now, but if I, looking back, if I had started some of these other you know, um, retirement contributions early, right. just as a lateral, yeah. I would have a, a, a better chunk of change when I decide to get done. I mean, I'm going to do okay because I was the guy that actually read the pamphlet, you know, so I invested in the, re- the retirement health. Yeah. So a lot, of, a lot of people in public safety, they'll work, they'll be able to get out after 20 or 25, but they can't afford assurance until they're 62. Yeah. You know, you're a work. private contractor, yeah. you probably get it. Yeah. So, but not me. So, so when I retire, my benefits will carry, but I pay into it now. Right. So that'll save me whatever premium is probably $1,200, $1,400 a month that I don't have to go out and get a part-time job to Do you think you'll do do anything in retirement? I'll stay on as a paramedic. Yeah. I I enjoy medicine still. Yeah. Uh, My end game for me is, um, so what I'm doing right now is I'm, I say I'm training. I'm building my son to enjoy the things that I enjoy doing. Like. I like to go shark fishing. I like to go boating, fishing, and 
and we like to go bird hunting and things like that. All things that by the time I'm done with them, he'll be an ace. So when yeah. I so when I need a little help doing it, right, he's gonna be able to help me. Self-serving, right? But my plan is to uh, when I get done, I'm gonna get a little bigger boat. And I was talking to my captain uh, Ray, who's a very good friend of mine. He just got his guides license, so nice. he can take people out on guides. I think I'm gonna uh, do something by way of uh, getting my captain's license, and I'm gonna get a little bit. I have a Grady White right now. I'm gonna get a little bigger one. Maybe do like shark fishing charters or something like that. Do whatever you want. Yeah. Right? Go out and catch you, mermaids. You paid. <laughs> <laughs> you paid your dues. So so you're in a band. Well, we're, we're yeah. The band I, I have been playing with the last year is kind of taking a little break right now. Yeah. We may get together in the summertime. Different people rotate in. But uh, I'm hosting an open mic night in South Portland. An open mic night is just basically my partner, Chris Schedule, who's the lead guitarist for the Time Pilots band. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's awesome. He's a multi-instrument musician. And uh, we opened the, the, the bar. My best friend opened the bar, so he, let us, he lets us use the back room. And we set it up so people like you can come in with yep. your guitar or use ours. And we have all the equipment. Nice. Um, but when it's slow... Um, you know, we have to fill that time. So you just play. Well, he makes me play bass. Well, he yeah. doesn't make me. He's, I just can't, I can't even stand on stage with him with a guitar because he's great. Yeah. So I play bass, but it's fun because, you know, I've, I've got to make a lot of new friends. And a lot of times when these musicians that never even met each other come together and say, hey, I know that song. Hey, I know that. And everybody right. gets up and plays together. It's a good time. Yeah. It's, it's so cool. Yeah. That's, that's what I want to do when I grow up. Yeah? In the band. <laughs> Come to an open mic, I'll stick you up there. My daughter says, it sounds okay, Dad, till you start singing. Oh, you I know? cannot sing. <laughs> I can't talk on the radio. <laughs> so they, these people, people will call in, they'll be like, hey, we want to talk to the officer I just talked to. And they're like, well, who did you talk to? And I'm like, I don't know, some woman. <laughs> it's me. You know, people hear my voice on the scanner, yeah. and they think I'm a female, but I, actually I'm a big, strong man, handsome too. And uh, so that's a, those guys get a kick out of it all the time, yeah. and and because uh, <laughs> everything's recorded, so, so right. they record our. You know, sometimes they record our conversations, and uh, you know, the guy would, ma'am, please understand, ma'am, ma'am. I'm like, listen, I'm a guy, <laughs> dude. <laughs> Well, if you can't uh, laugh at yourself, what can you laugh yeah. at, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. Well, this has been cool. I mean, I, I've come across you a couple times, only in good settings, of course. Yeah. Uh, but I, I knew who you were, but I don't think you really knew me. But it's been good to get to know you a little bit. Um, I'd like to talk to you after about which two cops are where at certain <laughs> times so we know what's going on here. We can do a little community service, let people know where you guys are at. Um, Shift changes at 630. <laughs> Shift change. Um, well, that's the other thing I should touch on because we always hear, we always get these complaints. I was like, oh, there's cops are hanging out at the fire station. They're not doing anything. Well, the, the community doesn't know is that we have almost like a, we have a, a station inside the fire station yeah. that has all of our police computers and everything else. And by having that in North Wyndham, it keeps the North Wyndham officers in North Wyndham. Right. And we, but we can you know, uh, do all our reports right there, but... Sometimes it can make a big difference. So all kidding aside, from coming from down here at the public safety building to getting to something on, say, 115, right? Well, it's, it, it happened just... It happened just last week. We had a, a, a scenario, um, and you may have to edit this out, I don't know, but it was a scenario where it came in where 
uh, a 30, 30-ish year old person had collapsed and wasn't breathing. And um, it, the rescue units for him were coming from all the way across town. Yeah. And I was uh, a minute away. Yeah. So I was able to bridge that gap yeah. with Narcan and, and uh, um, a bag valve mask and keep yeah. this guy breathing long enough until definitive care could show up and completely reverse what happened. Had, and it doesn't have, I'm not necessarily talking about me because anyone could have done it, but because I was in my area when that call came in, right. I bridged that three or four minutes and saved that guy's brain. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty powerful. Well, yeah. he's lucky. Yeah. Um, he's lucky that, you know, personnel were where they were supposed to be. Right. When they needed to be, you know, and, you know, it, it started out kind of, you know, comical, you know, we're parked at the fire station, but the, the, it really does keep us in our area. Yeah. And when we have to, to run code three for someone at Walmart beating his wife in the parking lot. Not that to... that ever happens at Walmart. <laughs> no. Uh, we love Walmart. I, I shouldn't have said Walmart. I just say North Wyndham. Somewhere in the business district, yeah. Cut that part. Sorry, Sherma. No. When, when something, but, but what it does is, yeah. is it cuts our emergency response time down so we don't have to run right. hot and put everybody at risk, including ourselves. So yeah. um, I shouldn't have said Walmart. It could happen anyway. The mall, I don't know. Walmart doesn't care about us. Oh, we love Walmart. Walmart, I think years ago, there was talk about actually putting us. A station like in Walmart, there used to be an eye care center there. Yeah. So, but. Well, I mean, do, would you guys, if you worked in there, would you have to wear slippers and pajamas? I don't know. <laughs> I'd stick my supervisor at the front, checking receipts. <laughs> Cut that so, part. <laughs> so, so you're out there in the community a lot. Um, people probably don't need to know how to get a hold of you, but if somebody wanted to get a hold of you, how do they do it? Um, so typically... Um, in Wyndham, we have a non-emergency number. It's the 8921000. Obviously, if there's an emergency, you can dial 911. You shouldn't be dialing 911 because your kid won't go to school, you know, or something like that. But, you know, we have a tip line. I, I think, was my email on that website? It probably was. I didn't get it, but we yeah. can, I can add it. I can put it in the notes. Yeah, I'll maybe put it up on the screen. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of resources in town. Wyndham is a very strong community if you if you take the time to look at it and, and look yeah. at the dynamics, look at the town leadership. It's it's really strong. And I'll finish my career here. Yeah, I, no I grew up here. I've been here since I was seven, and it's yeah. I went to school here, and I, I run my business here. And so it's uh, I'm not I wouldn't say I'm super active in the community, but that's part of the reason I'm I'm doing this too. Is yeah. to, you know put something out there. With, People can take a little something from it. Uh, yeah. Maybe something's got, somebody's gotten to know you a little bit better today. Oh, yeah. uh, maybe take one of those people that think you know that don't like you and make them somebody that does like you. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. My brother always says because my brother's name is McVeigh and he lives in Wyndham, and they're like, "Oh, it's your brother Ernie," because he doesn't know if he's gonna get a hug or have to duck a punch. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and I, I get that. You probably get that a little bit when you. I mean, you get get obviously you got in the street clothes uh, tonight, yeah. but. Probably don't waste any time doing that after a shift just to get no. the vest off and all that. But you probably have had some moments where you see somebody that you might not rather see in your personal life that you saw in your professional life. 99% you know? of the time, I'm 100% fine. Yeah. And, and it's because I treat people, you know, I mean, some days are better than others. But most of the time, I treat people the way I would want to be treated, even on their toughest day. Yeah. And, you know, I've been out to dinner with my family before and 
you know, have a round of beers or a round of drinks sure. show up at my table, and I'm like, well, what is this? And I'll look over, and someone will be waving at me, and it'll be a guy that I arrested a month ago. Right. And he'll come over and say, oh, thank you so much. I'm doing much Change better. Right, yeah. yeah. And those are the positive ones. You know, the only once in my career have I been uh, grabbed off duty by someone that I've arrested, and that was 20 years ago. How'd that go for him? <laughs> Not well. <laughs> It was an unfortunate situation. <laughs> it, was an, it was an unfortunate yeah. situation. I mean, no, it, no one got, I mean, it was just uh, uncomfortable for yeah. everybody. But um, so yeah. 20 years ago, I mean, that's a long time for that not to happen. So McVeigh, um, you know, like I joked at the beginning, if you, McVeigh, you grew up in South Portland, and I knew, uh, I didn't know him well, but your cousin Pete, who's yeah. a South Portland police officer, passed away from cancer. And one of my best friends, Mike Matheson, who's a South Portland police officer, um, He's a very close friend of Pete's. Yeah. And uh, you know Mike. I sure do. How do you know Mike? Yeah. <laughs> I hope you watch Mike. <laughs> yeah, Mike. <laughs> I had had my driver's license for about a week. <laughs> Back then, we didn't have the restrictions that we do now, but I had a couple of friends in the front seat, and we weren't paying attention. I blew right through a stop sign, and Mike Matson gave me my first ticket. <laughs> so. Come on, Mike. What are you doing? <laughs> Bro code. <laughs> He'll probably say that that was the moment that, that you decided you were going to be a police officer. You know, so. I'll tell you what, back in those days, I was more afraid of my parents and my football coach. Yeah. And I was the police. And uh, it's, sometimes now I feel like kids have no fear whatsoever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've seen a little bit of a that. A little bit of fear can be healthy. I'll, I always believe that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been fun. Um, I appreciate it. You know, it's uh, thanks for it's having good me. To, yeah, it's good to connect, and uh, you know, we'll, we're going to hit the guitar a little bit here yeah. for a couple of minutes. Um, Marie McVeigh, Wyndham Police Department. If you guys have enjoyed this, uh, like it, share it, uh, check us out on on YouTube, subscribe. I'm trying to get my subscribers up because that's what you do, I guess. Uh, but uh, and if uh, you know somebody that you think would be a great guest for us to have on, shoot me a DM or whatever you kids are calling it these days, and, and we'll get them on. So. Thanks again. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Stay safe, everyone. You like the Beatles? Yeah. I can't sing the song because I sound like a moron. <laughs>